Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PPC Show, brought to you by AdStage. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm JD, the Chocolate Rain Parader. And <laughs> today is January 27th, 2020. These are your top marketing headlines. Before we started recording, I was doing my Chocolate Rain impersonation. So I guess, JD, you are now appropriating the... <laughs> The name, oh, JD, Chocolate oh, Rain Freighter. I was just trying to see if I could get you to break. That's all. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Remember that guy? I was I was yeah. starting yeah. our intro and I was breathing off mic. I took a deep breath off mic and I said, "Oh, I'm channeling the Zande something or other from Chocolate Rain." <laughs> I don't remember his name, but I definitely remember Chocolate Rain. That was like one of those first like viral videos, you know, when you think about like the early days of YouTube and going viral, like that's one of the very first videos I remember. Yeah. Speaking of influencers, which I know you want to pick on them, he's like the first influencer because he went on to do like all Mm. kinds of weird promos. And I bet you could still Google him and like hire him for a party or something like that. (laughs) Well, uh, so actually, this is another segue. It's not in here, but uh, Paul, uh, YouTube announced like some of their influencers. Uh, guess how much the top creator influencer made last year, and what does this person do, and how old are they? I know it's, it's a lot. Yeah, well, because I know there's some kid that does yeah. opening of yeah. toys or something like that's, that, and that's, that's like them. Yeah. yeah, every time he blows everyone's mind. I have no idea how much he makes. Uh, Two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Five hundred thousand. Like, like like a week, he makes that. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I believe the the final number that I saw was twenty six million last year. Oh my god! Well, I, I saw two. Not with even YouTube. ten years old. Like his parents, it's all going to his parents. His parents are like, get in front of the camera and open <laughs> that damn box. <laughs> right. It's like, but mommy, I have so many toys. Um, I saw with YouTube that you know they were changing the way they monetize children's content where they weren't going to target children by rolling out YouTube Kids. And then more recently, they announced any content like targeting children or even like targeting adults, but it was children's content was going to be like blocked from adding revenue or uh, blocked from like ads. And I was wondering if like this kid is going to lose a fortune because he's (laughs) he's like kid content. What if he can't have ads, you know? Mm. 26 million. I mean... Let's assume some of that's going to the government. Like, bro, you're, you're still, your parents are doing well. <laughs> right. He could just shut it down. He made his millions. Uh, so do you want to, what's, there's Pinterest influencer stuff to talk about, too. Do you want to just start there and then we'll back into the Pinterest numbers? Yeah, I got Pinterest and I got another one over here on Instagram, too. Instagram influencers. Just influencers all together. Let's, let's just take them on. Right. Well, we have the kid. We have Zande. Hopefully I'm getting his name right. Zande. Uh, and then Chocolate Rain. Uh, and the my, kid. my kid's name is Ryan, uh, Ryan Kaji, K-A-J-I, Kaji, nice. Kaji, um, Kaji. Yeah. And I know there's like, you know, most platforms have been rolling out different ways to connect with influencers. We talked about a headline where Instagram was adding, um, they have a great name for it too, like Insta something, um, Insta influencer or something like that. It was, you know, a way to tap into the influencer community. And even like Twitter, when they acquired Vine back in the day, like that was the influencer community. So it's been going on for a while. But what's what's the news with Pinterest and uh, Instagram these days? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick off with some Instagram. Surprise, surprise. There's some fraud. Uh, anytime you start monetizing something, you know, people are going to come and try to take advantage of it. They're going to go find, you know, these hacks, these like little like, uh, 
loopholes in any way that they can do it. And so uh, what it ends up happening here is you got some influencers. And how are we judging if someone's an influencer, Paul? Like they're following, right? And so what this uh, third party called Insta Screener, their uh, data says um, that in May, once Instagram made this uh, change around removing likes and comments, which, which we've talked about before, uh, fake influencer engagement rates declined 1.7% engagement rate down to 1% engagement rate. Hmm. So here's also what I was thinking through like uh, 1% engagement rate. Like really like this is what we're paying for. Cause who I think is so interesting. Uh, this is a very anecdotal evidence, but Rand Fishkin, you know, definitely an influencer in the marketing world, definitely SEO world. Yeah, he had a tweet, I don't know, sometime in maybe Q4, Q3, and he was talking about what is your engagement rate on Twitter? Twitter tells you this by your, and so he just posted his, his was like 1.5, I think, you know, 1.7 maybe at the higher rate. And so he's like, what's yours? And so everyone started posting and everyone was like between one and like 1.5. Like, it, and I know that 0.5 makes a big difference, but what I'm saying is like Twitter's engagement rate is like the exact same as like these Instagram influencers, like my, <laughs> my engagement rate is the same. Like we all have the same 1% engagement rate. So it's probably what the algo is optimizing towards. So anyway, a lot of fraud. And then the second part to this is my favorite. You got to start measuring this stuff. And that's where I think as marketers, we're going to see a shift in influencer marketing. I don't think it's going to go away. I think budgets are definitely bloated, but they're also not being held accountable to those budgets. And I think that's a, my prediction for 2020. We're going to get see much deeper metrics where if I have to track Google last click, you know, search ad, uh, yeah, I'm going to be guaranteeing if I'm paying money to this influencer, like what are those discount codes coming in? You right. know, what kind of revenue are they bringing? Well, you remind me of two things. One, I had no idea what my engagement rate was, so I just checked on Twitter, and apparently I am very not engaging because my <laughs> engagement rate is 0.8%. But it's right there. I mean, that's not far from one. Think, Point, but think if you tried a little bit. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm doing on Twitter? That's true. I don't use any. I use zero engagement hacks. I use zero top 10 ways to get your tweet. I just say whatever I want. So you're right. I guess I'm, I'm just tweeting to authentically communicate. Um, but yeah, 0.8, but I'm looking at it, you know, I actually get pretty good in range engagement on most of my tweets, 1.2, 1.4, 2.7. I got a 3.5. That's um, good. Which is on my most throwaway tweet about how a basketball player, Jordan Poole, looks like Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All the podcast stuff. Oh, 3.2 on the podcast stuff. Anyway, so, um, so there you go. If anybody wants to hire me as an influencer, apparently I only have a 0.8% engagement rate. But you reminded me of uh, TikTok because uh, TikTok actually announced, you know, they're doing a lot more to get their ads interface out and get more advertisers on TikTok. We talked recently how they did something like $88 million in revenue in Q4. And, you know, you think about fraud and influencers and TikTok. You know, a lot of people are saying... Yeah, there's some UI, but it's still missing like the key pieces, uh, targeting that people want, metrics about performance. There's no API to get data, so you're you're just getting all the the basic metrics in the UI, and, and people, marketers specifically, are complaining about it. But uh, that said, 88 million Q4. Um, I mean, that's a, a pretty big number, 88 million. Um, I have written down that's a third of Pinterest's uh, revenue, quarterly revenue. So they're they're getting there. For sure. And I, again, like I just, 
I'm interested to see without like a conversion pixel, I'm interested to see what is this return. And I understand reach uh, and broad awareness and getting in front of the, the younger generation. Again, I, I just still feel like there's still a lot of hype here. Uh, right. But we'll see. Yep, no pixel yet. And they are working to, to your... Uh, point just before they are working on a creator marketplace which is in beta right now so cool. so they're building building some of that stuff but yep tiktok coming up again um and let's let's talk more about pinterest we don't talk about them too much on the podcast I, maybe because we don't cover e-commerce as much or i don't know maybe they're boring i don't know but i pulled up their revenue you know they've been public for a while now um and in q3 so their new numbers are going to come out in like two weeks but in q3 they did Let's call it, did I write it down somewhere? No, I'm not going to do math. They did $251 million in the U.S. and $28 million internationally. Oh, for a total of $280 million in Q3. So that $88 million, you know, keep in mind, $88 million from TikTok, $280 million from uh, Pinterest. And what's interesting is, you know, that revenue is, is growing uh, year over year. It's about f- almost 50% up year over year. Uh, but it's almost all U.S. And if you look at their user base growth, it's like the opposite. So their user base growth in terms of mon- monthly active users um, in Q3, 87 million U.S. monthly active users. Internationally, 235 million. So they have like three times the user base internationally, but U.S. generates 90% of their profit or 90% of their revenue at least. So. Anyway, that's my deep dive into the Pinterest numbers because I was just wondering, like, what what have they been up to lately? Yeah, I think it's impressive. I, I think the, the real story is, like, how, like, they've done a really good job of monetizing the U.S. base. If they can translate that into international, I mean, that's huge. That's huge revenue. I mean, they're going to do a billion dollars this year. Like, that's fantastic when you think about the triopoly. When you think about uh, Google and all their discovery ads, product ads, shopping ads, whatever they're called now, and then Amazon, and Pinterest is still a place and still being able to uh, grow and grow really well after going public. I, I think the market's a little hard on them in their stock, personally, looking at some of these numbers, but I, I think they're doing a good job. And they're almost profitable. So they're 1% in the black in terms of EBITDA, you know, earnings per order, interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. Dang, uh, nice job. Thank you. I did get my graduate degree in, in business. <laughs> Question uh, one, what right. is EBITDA? <laughs> EBITDA, what is EBITDA? Um, right, I had a finance specialty from my MBA at Villanova. Um, but, yeah, so 1%, so that's positive. Uh, and, you know, given right now the market, everybody's in love with profitability ever since, like, WeWork became this huge blow-up and everybody's freaking out about Uber. Even Tesla is always in the news, like, you know, they're going to run out of money and go to zero and all the short sellers. Although the short sellers apparently lost, like, yeah. billions of dollars by shorting Tesla as it continues to climb. I read a lot about shorting. I didn't really understand what it meant to short yeah, the stock. Yeah, same, same. And I just read a ton about it because the people who shorted Tesla, like, at some point they call in your bet, so to speak, and because you can just keep losing money. Like, you lose based on the difference between, like, what you thought the stock was going to go to down and where it actually is. So as the stock keeps going up and up and up, like, you have to pay more and more and more to the person who essentially took the bet. And that obviously, you know, is like hundreds of dollars per share at this point. So a lot of those people, like, the person you bet with, so to speak who took the other side can call it in to be like, hey, pay me because I want to get paid. 
uh, like at almost at any point. We could do a whole other podcast on shorting. I, I read a ton about it. It's really very fascinating. Moral of the story, don't do it. <laughs> Unless you're rich and you have like money to play with because it's super risky. And if it goes bad, it could have like unlimited downside. You could end up paying a fortune. Um, okay, so that's Pinterest. Um, and then what was the other thing I wanted to say about Pinterest? I don't remember. So we can move on. <laughs> um, uh, talk, I think uh, we were, well, we were talking about uh, TikTok with them as well. Uh, one thing I, I think it would be good to caveat: I think uh, TikTok is, is is a is closer to Snapchat than Pinterest. That's just me. And more more the full screen, more video, more more fun. You know, kind of that when I think about the, the app. So I, I think we should compare TikTok to Snaps. Revenue, which again we don't talk a lot about, but man, they—I thought they were dead in the water. I mean, we should do like next week. Let's 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 make sure that we break down Snap because I think they're going to have a, another good quarter uh, when they uh, do their earnings report. Yeah, I guess earnings are coming out soon, so we can. Yeah, just we stay. should break down Snap because again, they continue to invest in their ads manager. Uh, I, I I see and hear from a lot of people in the industry how. Again, Facebook and Instagram is getting tough, but I'm still able to go on Snap, reach the nearly the same audience, and for cheaper costs and still drive results. So good for Snap. And annual revenue, October, it looks like their revenue just for the, the framework is about $1.18 billion. Yeah. Uh, that was in 2018. So 2019 for the whole year, who knows, probably going to be 2 point something, 825 times 4, 3.2 billion. I'm guessing around 3.2 billion, so much bigger, I guess, than both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly bigger than, than TikTok, uh, bigger than Snap, or bigger than Instagram. Well, no, probably not bigger than the Gram. We'll have to I figure mean, that's that out. That's got to be close to uh, like Twitter. I mean, they got to be getting close to being bigger than Twitter. I know what we'll do next time. We'll do like I did it last <laughs> time or two quarters ago. We just did like here's the top five. Maybe we'll do the, here's the top ten and their quarterly yeah. earnings just to get Let's your sense it. around it. You know, who's big and small. I like it. Um, let's talk about Google because when I put this article in here, I guess one thing was happening. You just told me things changed. So I added this article from The Verge about the new Google results page and how they were changing the search results page. So the organic results had like the little favicon it's called, you know, the little tiny icon that goes in, in your browser tab if you use Chrome or Firefox. Um and they added it, and people just, like, freaked out. Like, all the results look like ads. They're misleading. Um, and then you just told me they, they turned around and removed it. Yeah, like 24 hours later. <laughs> they're oh, like, yeah. uh, backtrack. Uh, I guess uh, I guess whoever greenlit the project, you know, either didn't have full approval. Uh, I, I, I actually have a really hard time that public opinion swayed them. But, I mean, maybe... Uh, but hey, like we can call this a wash. Like I, I think the, the 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 actual update here is they made a search engine redesign, put it out there. They got called on it. Twenty four hours later, they turned it off. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm sure it was like most tests at Google where they did a test and it converted better. More people clicked, Correct. you know, on ads. Probably the more the more they they did this, um, but. They pro so they probably ran the test like, hey, more people click on organic and unpaid or I don't know. And somebody said, OK. And then some boss, you know, in PR was like, hey, what did we do? And they're like, oh, look, it, it increased our ad business by point zero 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 one percent. Oh, that's five billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. then they were, they were like, nope, 
you know, too much uproar in the industry, take it down. Um, but it does, um, it does remind you how much money, like these tiny tweaks to the search result page. I mean, $34 billion business uh, in the third quarter. Yeah. Per quarter, yeah, thirty-four billion dollars. So all these oh, eighty-eight million dollars TikTok, and then we talk about Google. Yeah, talk about Google. thirty-four billion just from the ads business, and they they have another six billion from all the other stuff Alphabet does. Which normally you'd be like, wow, six billion a quarter is a huge business, but considering it's it's a little tiny piece of the Google puzzle. But um, but yeah, so this probably you know they could have made a few hundred million with this change, but they they backed out. I think that's the crazy part that you uh, highlight. It's like something for like everyone to keep in mind. You know, when you're doing, let's just call it forty billion a quarter. You know, so you're doing a hundred and twenty billion dollars every year, or hundred and sixty. Sorry, you know, somewhere in there, one uh, percent change. That's huge. You know, you're talking uh, like over a billion dollars if you can get a one percent incremental, right? I mean, that's that's huge. So, uh, any of yeah, these you're changes? Mathing. You're mathing. One percent of forty, uh, thirty-four billion is what? Three hundred forty million dollars. Right? Yeah, times four. Yeah. So one point two, one point two billion. Sure. <laughs> you lost me. Now. So I'm, if, I'm not good if at math. they do, if they do like thirty-four billion a quarter. Yeah. Times oh, four. Okay, so you're saying per year, right? Yeah, per year. Yeah, that makes, sorry, that makes sorry. sense. Sorry, per year, per year, per year. Over a billion dollars is what they're going to make on a small change like this, right? I mean, one percent. You're like most of us are like trying to get one percent <laughs> on a normal test, and we're like, boo, we need like ten and twenty percent, right? But for them, I mean, they're 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 in the weeds. I mean, one percent incremental is huge. Right. That's literally the revenue of like most companies. One percent yes. change. Um, speaking of yeah, increases. Um, there's a big increase in spending overall. So I think a lot of this too, you know, Google's already making that much, but uh, people are projecting 2020 ad spend is going to go up even more um, backed by all these kind of big events coming up, things like the Olympics, uh, the election. I don't know if you heard, but there's a presidential election this year in November. <laughs> uh, so spend uh, supposedly is going to go up 7.2%, reaching pretty much $390 billion this year uh, due to those. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That is a ton of money. I, we need like a name for these types of years. You know what I mean? Well, I guess they kind of happen every four years. And it seems like the Olympics and the presidential election are like on the same cycle. Oh, but these right. are like, we need like a name. That's you true. Know? Like Olympics, like, election. <laughs> we need like a, it's the golden years. You know what I mean? Like you need like <laughs> the gold. Ol erection. But it sounds like erection. Oh, I Everything else. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Olympiction year, mm. elekinks, elekinks. Yeah. If you got a we'll good name, please tweet us. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you guys a quick breakdown. We're gonna do some math. Uh, oh, here we go again. Here we go. One Times four. Ten percent. <laughs> no, I, 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 so I found this to be really interesting. So Paul just said three hundred ninety billion dollars is what they're expecting on media spend, right? Um, so more than fifty-seven percent of the spend is going to be on offline channels like TV, uh, experiential marketing, uh, offline, right? So that, that, that was kind of cool. Um, we're going to see magazines are going to drop, but still $9.8 billion in magazines. Like I, I think that's important to like, keep these numbers in mind when you're like, oh, you're going to spend $10 billion on magazine ads. Newspaper ads, 
are going to see a 9% decline to 11.8 billion. <laughs> wow. And then radio, 13.6 billion. You got influencer uh, marketing and digital media. They're going to be jumping up. You're going to see a, um, a rise in over the top, which is OTT. Uh, if you're watching Love Island, we're not talking about people getting upset or being hysterical. Uh, these are over the top. And then paid social is going to grow 17% and display ads and audio, including podcast, Paul, mm-hmm. are going to be going up 15%. I think we need to open up the PPC show to some Olympic ads. Right. I could see why many Olympians would want uh, to sponsor this podcast. Um, I don't <laughs> sponsored understand. Sponsored by Nike. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we are athletes. We are marketing athletes. Um, OTT. Maybe if we say it enough, though. Okay, keep going. Love OTT. Island. I had no idea what you're talking about. But um, OTT the youths is like will know. The youths will know. a cable box. You got like a cable box, right? Yeah, like a Roku. Right. Uh, is OTT no? a Roku or is it like the old school cable box? Oh, it's the old school cable box. I was I don't like, know. Roku was over the top. Well, I think that's right. streaming because it's that's supposed to be 31% oh, okay. gain for OTT and streaming. I think OTT is like literally it's like over the top of the television, like the little back in the ah, day when you had to put it, a box it. up there. I think so. We're not TV folks. But um, the other thing out of all these numbers is going to say something. Oh, so linear TV is the other thing. People keep mm. saying LTV. And I'm yeah. in, you know, I'm in a startup in B2B SaaS. LTV means lifetime value, not linear <laughs> television. But apparently that's what people are now calling like old school TV, you know, like the non um, binge worthy Hulu television is like linear TV where you like sit down and like watch somebody <laughs> programmed the night for you. Linear. Yeah. It's like we watch exponential TV. Right. <laughs> You guys get it? You guys get it? It's a data joke. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so I think it's streaming versus LTV, maybe. And then you have OTT. We're yeah, doing You know me. This is a good... Oh, wow. Wow. We are on a roll. Uh, we, we are. <laughs> I'm sure that we're going to need a lot of tweets this week. Um, okay. Okay. Let's move on. Well, we talked about the influencer fraud and how much there is. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I think we got Microsoft. Doing some ads in Windows. Uh, oh, yeah. For, uh, this is um, a random. Like uh, Windows 10 WordPad. WordPad. This story is like 10 seconds because it's total clickbait. I saw the headline, Micro- Microsoft tests Office ads in Windows 10 WordPad. And I was like, what? Where are they going to put ads in WordPad? Then I opened it up, and the ad is really like a upsell message for Office. So it's not like an ad in a DSP, and you can't buy the inventory. It's just like an upsell button in their product. So I think it was just clickbait. I don't think they're going to put, like, you know, programmatic ads inside Word. <laughs> be weird. Or whatever their free version of Word is, WordPad. I mean, the screenshot looks like it's from 1985 to begin with. But Can you imagine? Like, I would see nothing but, like, business ads. Like, so every time I'm writing something and it was, like, learning more about me. Yeah. <laughs> right. As if we're not distracted Are you interested enough. in Quora ads? Yes, because I keep writing about them. <laughs> Um, so that was just some clickbait I clicked on for you, marketers. You don't need to, to go read that article. And then I think the last story, oh, no, another public announcement for video. Um, if you are doing video campaigns, parallel tracking becomes mandatory on March 31st. So if you if your video campaign is not using parallel tracking by March 31st, <coughs> you will choke and die. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Coronavirus. 
Hey, do not joke. Uh, the, one of the founders of Ad Stage is Chinese. His wife was in China in a little what? place called Wuhan uh, when something called the coronavirus outbreak oh, showed up. No. And then came home and now has a cough, although she's better now. But I, we should just edit no. this whole section out because she might be patient zero. <laughs> CDC is oh, going to show up gosh. at her door. Uh, she was only in the airport. She never left the airport, like transferring, I think. So, um, Mm-mm. which like millions of people went through that airport, Mm-mm. you know. But yeah, coronavirus is happening and pretty terrible. So knock on wood, they get that figured out. And I also knock on wood, that's not what I have. Um, so back to parallel tracking. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys have that sorted out by now. If not, talk to your your click tracking platform or partner because they're the ones that need to sort it out for you. Uh, Okay, that was your public announcement about coronavirus and parallel tracking. Uh, Etsy. Etsy is the last one. We never talk about Etsy. No, never. And we were talking about Pinterest and how we never talk about Pinterest, and I was thinking e-commerce, shopping. Like, isn't Etsy supposed to be huge? And it turns out Etsy's public. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I I remember, like... I think I saw I saw your graph down here. I didn't realize that was that long ago. Like I didn't realize. I, I thought, oh yeah, like what, like two years ago? But no, like this is like over five years. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. I mean, they were, they were public. So, and they're doing well. Their stock. I mean, it looks like they IPO'd around thirty bucks, maybe twenty eight, down for two years, and then started to climb in twenty eighteen and hit like a seventy dollar high. I mean, now they're down to like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, over the years, did very well. Um, and their quarterly revenue, just while we're talking revenue, $197 million. Wow. I would have never guessed. But, I mean, to be fair, you look at what Shopify's done, and they're, like, absolutely exploding. So uh, I'm impressed. 200 mil uh, for third quarter? Like, I bet Q4 is even higher. So, uh, man, I bet they're getting close to a billion. Yeah, well, we'll add them into our revenue roundup, our... PBC Ooh, show. I like that. I like Revenue roundup. Thank yeah, you. I like Thank that. You. I like that. Um, well, they're, and they're doing some more in the ad space. This is why I noticed. So there was a headline that in September, they introduced an advertising program that forced, forced sellers to spend a minimum dollar per day on a promoted listing in Etsy or Google Ads. And essentially, this was like a, if you opted into Etsy's like advertising, you could either promote your listing or it would like take that listing, shoot it off to Google and try to get some traffic to it. Um, and let's see, this person paid $60 in advertising fees for $10 in sales. Uh, you know, who knows what this person's experience was. But it's not surprising Etsy bit, uh, did this program with Google where, like, hey, we need traffic. Google has traffic uh, from sales, so how do we get traffic to our our product pages, to individual products, to Etsy sellers, to try to get them more results? So this was... This was interesting. <laughs> I think my favorite was that um, they're having a hard time whenever it comes to unauthorized products appearing in advertisements mm-hmm. and uh, has having a hard time removing them from the site. And Baby Yoda caught the attention of Disney and uh, they went ahead and gave him a, a takedown notice. Get rid of Baby Yoda off there right now. You do not have permission. And so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, Etsy, I mean, people sell everything on Etsy. I mean, it also, if you start looking at Etsy as an ad platform, it introduces all the same questions that we talk about with all the other ad platforms about abuse, uh, fraud, all that fun stuff. And you certainly do have Etsy's big problem lately, because I actually buy stuff on Etsy. I don't know, have you bought anything on Etsy in the past five years? 
In the past days, yeah, yeah. I usually, I would say like maybe once or twice a year, I'll buy something. You know, it yeah. could be like a poster, something kind of artsy. You know, it's usually like a when I'm looking for like a homemade product, usually like a gift for Meg or something. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. same, same. I just bought my friend had a baby, and and we bought a custom bib that has like a little cute saying on it. Um, but Bro, yeah, so Jude is 15 months old. Like you can't get him a gift at this point. <laughs> you just. <laughs> All right, did I not send that yet? It must be stuck in the mail. I definitely was talking about your son. Um, awkward. So Etsy, right? Etsy, it's great. Etsy. Um, um, so you, you can't, there is a lot of stuff that's definitely not like licensed properly. Also, they have all these people trying to do this drop shipping stuff that you do on Sh- uh, Shopify yeah, where you yeah. just get a bunch of crap from China and you put it on Etsy and call yourself like a maker and then get people to pay like $25 for a coaster and it's just some crap you got for 10 cents from China. So they they're trying to make sure that the makers and the whole authenticity of Etsy doesn't get eroded as people realize they can just buy homemade crap from other places and pretend like they made it. So there's some of that fraud happening too. But I want to keep an eye on Etsy moving forward yeah. and it's just funny. I've been to the Google Partner events for the past I don't know how many years at this point. 10 um because they're always trying to get these like integrations to get SMBs to spend more money. And they want SMBs to spend on Google. And I often speak at Google at these conferences about SMBs and technology partners because AdStage also is a tech partner of Google and people spend money and it flows through AdStage. And they always want this exactly this. They want people like Etsy to just take their SMBs and like shove them into Google with like small budgets and just let all the smart bidding and smart campaigns and smart this and smart that take care of it. And every time, you know, they get super shit results, nobody's happy. The SMB's pissed at Etsy. Etsy's, like, pissed at Google. It's, you know, marketers, you still have a job. Despite all the smart everything out there, when the machines build campaigns, like, they always seem to suck. I don't know. No one's figured it out yet. You know, I was just thinking, too, uh, you know, doing close to a billion dollars in revenue in 2019, uh, do you know how much of a cut they take? I'm curious because, you know, if Amazon's taking... I've heard anywhere from like 15 to 20%. Like, let's just say they're taking 20% uh, and they did a billion. Like, I mean, it's like $5 billion is running through Etsy a year. I mean, that's, that's a lot of like, it's a lot of purchasing. And then you think if they're doing 10%, that'd be like close to $10 billion of purchases happening. Like, it's actually kind of impressive. Yeah, I wonder, uh, you know, when we, we do the numbers, I'll hopefully not be lazy and I'll read the actual financials to see how they calculate revenue. Because, you know, the trick is you could mm. capture the entire sale as revenue because, you know, you're a store, you know. So you sell gotcha. the product gotcha. for 50 bucks, $50 revenue, then the cost of goods might be the 20 bucks to the seller, the 10 bucks to the whatever. So it depends how they do it. I would guess that number is probably like the whole product and then they consider what they pay out the 80 percent as cost of goods that'd yeah. be my guess okay remember that if finance you degree you know yeah that mba if you're out there and you're selling on etsy uh again tweet us let us know i'm very curious on that yeah that's that's true i don't know anyone who sells on etsy i know a lot of people who've sold on amazon and hate amazon and say last resort only do it if you could build a remarketing <laughs> list with the people who you sell because you're going to lose money on it and then if it's a good product amazon copies it and sells it as an amazon essential or you know somebody just copies it and sells like a, a knockoff brand but gotcha uh cool i think those are all the headlines we have this week thank you for joining us out there marketing land if you want more headlines you could always head over to blog.adsage.io or on itunes you know just give us five stars you don't even have to write anything just just 
hit the five star thing and then you're done. So I think everyone should do that. Because, you know, I'm just going to harp on this real quick. SEM Rush, they came out and said, what makes uh, the perfect podcast? What's the anatomy? If you found this podcast to be any of these things, that's five star worthy, right? Was this funny and entertaining? I mean, can we go back to Chocolate Rain? Yeah. <laughs> right? Just Does it have actionable takeaways and tips? Uh, kind of. Sometimes. Sign up, sign up for the blog. <laughs> sign up for the blog. Sign up for the blog. Blog.sh.io. Do, do you find this talk thought-provoking? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Do, <sighs> yes. Does the, is there a strong host personality? <laughs> I think you get two. <laughs> oh, that's I nice of Not you. just one. It's nice. I was wondering where you, where you were going to take that one. <laughs> Does it have a long intro? Mm. <laughs> Define long. <laughs> yeah, no, people don't want a long intro. I don't think we That's have a right. long intro. We have like what three seconds depends? of music. It, oh no! So I I thought the intro was the banter in the beginning. Oh no! I listened gold. to some. So some of these that are out there with ads, they don't even start. It's like two minutes of ads in the beginning, right? And then they get into their intro of who they are. You're like five minutes in. You're like, are you gonna start these? Like, yeah. are you gonna get going or what? That's why they have thirty second skip ahead buttons. Oh, and, I do it now. I do podcast it a lot more. players. Well, yeah, everybody hates the intro. I've, I've noticed now what people do is they say like, this is sponsored by Ad Stage. At the end of the podcast, we'll have a giveaway or we'll do a contest or mm. whatever. So they because they know you're never gonna listen. You're just gonna hit skip. Let's do a giveaway sometime. There's a Last shout out to Russ at Podcast Insights. Ross, not Russ. Ross. Ross. Uh, he did a giveaway for a mic, and he said he signed up like a bunch of folks, and I had the same thought, like, we should do a giveaway. Let's I don't do know it. what we give away, but. I got some core swag I could give away. Oh, yeah, we have we have AdStage t-shirts. No one wants no one wants tech t-shirts, <laughs> do they? Everyone. Yeah. Okay. Everyone loves, everyone loves free stuff. If you tweet at us. Just tweet JD or I with PPC <laughs> chat, P, or not PPC chat, P, PPC show, and we will put you into the drawing, and we'll get you a t-shirt <laughs> from AdStage and Core. Good. I'm glad you said the drawing, because I was like, if we get like 100 tweets, I might be out of swag. Right. If we get 100 tweets, I will buy you a, a gold ring, my friend, from Etsy. <laughs> I do not think we're going to get 100 tweets. Also, we did that once. We did giveaway to AdStage, and we were like, oh, we'll do t-shirts, and then... Oh my God, mailing those t-shirts was our, mm. our admin who had to do it was like, if you ever do this again. <laughs> uh, all right, what, what else is on the list? Uh, three more, I'm gonna run through them real quick. Uh, is it well-made from a technical side? I think Paul does a good job of cutting it up. We both use nice microphones. This, you know, these weeks, sorry everybody for the airport <laughs> episode and Echo Central <laughs> two weeks ago. Emma, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally Emma's fault. I had her removed from the show permanently. <laughs> She's still the best co-host. Um, not too long, not too short. Yeah, so a good length. And then, is it available across different platforms? Of course it is. You can find us, as Paul mentioned, on iTunes. You can also get us on Spotify. You can find it on Anchor. You can find us on SoundCloud. I still post on SoundCloud. Stitcher. There's yeah. some other ones out there. Just start naming things. Google Podcast. Uh, thank oh, yeah, you. I do think it is. Or should I say you're welcome for delivering on 10 of the top 10 things that a podcast should be. <laughs> but welcome. thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. Uh, we both enjoy doing this. Obviously, we make no money and we get no accolades from this whatsoever. We just both love marketing news. So we appreciate that. There's some other folks that do too. And we'll see you again soon. See ya.